Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you as always for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 295. We're talking how food truck businesses work. This is such an important thing that we're going through this process with Ching Hu Ren. Ching Ren Hu. I apologize, Ching. I, I butchered your name. Sorry. Uh, look who's cooking. And this is episode six of eight, Best Served New Volume Two. All right. That was very clumsy. I apologize, everybody. Let's get into this show. This is important because one of the things that I recognize getting into doing a couple of these shows around food trucks is I've been thinking a lot about the different ways that we bring food, beverage, and hospitality to the people. And as a, as a purely restaurant chef, I kind of had this one idea and I wanted to expand my notion and understanding of the way that we bring uh, kind of our craft to the people. And so food trucks seemed like an, an interesting place. And I kind of thought that it was just a restaurant on wheels. And what I've recognized is in some ways, yes, it is. And in other ways, it's a very different and, and dynamic business in and of itself in its own way. And so we're gonna navigate that a little bit. So we'll talk to Ching a little bit more, check in uh, as they're getting really close to launching the truck. And then we'll also bring in Kelvin Dooley of JK Style Grill out in Virginia Beach to give us a little bit of insight. So no further ado, Ching, I wanna bring you in. How's it going? Doing, doing well, how are you? I am doing great. I am so excited because this past weekend, I saw pictures of you doing menu tastings on the truck. It looks sexy. It is nice. The wrap looks good. The the equipment, I, it looks amazing. I know it feels amazing. And it's a, it's a 800 pound gorilla on your back all at the same time. So just a quick check in. How are you doing? How was this weekend? Like break it down for us a little bit. Doing really well. Um, this weekend was exciting. Kind of on after we got permitted last week, um, decided Friday afternoon it's going to be a gorgeous weekend. Out, might as well give it a shot and, and see what's going to happen. Um, so reached out to the Facebook and Instagram worlds um, of the Look Who's Cooking page and said first 15 people to comment and got a special invite to the menu tasting. Um, part of that was there's so many people that I want to invite that I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, not inviting somebody, that type of thing. And really to see also where my social media traction is coming from. Cause I think that's also, also key um, as I'm starting up to see kind of what I need to do better um, in getting out to the masses. So had about 48 hours to prep, um, had all these grandiose ideas of we'll have this great menu board written and do surveys. And all of a sudden it was like 30 minutes before um, we had kind of, we set a like one to four o'clock window. So kind of a short window, but to, to have 30 to 40 people come through um, and all of a sudden I was like, oh crap, I need to get like, get food on the truck, like all the loading in and out, that type of Just thing. Just feed the people, forget about everything else. <laughs> oh, sending Janice back into the kitchen multiple times, like crap, I need this, I need that, you know, that type of thing. Um, but it was super fun to fire up the equipment, um, actually serve off the truck, figuring out the nuances of where things are located, what things I, what other additional equipment that I need um, to be able to ex execute a service successfully. I am so happy. I am so happy for you. I'm so happy that just getting to watch this part of the journey. This is, this is the most exciting and scariest time 
It absolutely is. It is so close. It's within reach. You're about there. And so I'm excited for you and I'm terrified for you all at the same time. Like that's the reality of being an entrepreneur, that hustle. Like it's, it's lonely and then you get to feed people. And yep. so I just know how much joy that brings to all of us. So I'm excited about that. All right. So I want to bring in Kelvin Dooley, as I mentioned, uh, to speak with us. Kelvin, good to see you. What's going on? Oh, we're, we're talking food trucks and we're talking about food entrepreneurship. Truck. You know, like it's, it's different. It is such a, it's such a unique business. It's such an interesting business. And it's, I think, very timely right now as being able to go to the people is something that I think is so, so important. And, and you brought in reinforcements, Kelvin. Who's this with you? This is the, uh, this is my wife, the, uh, the president of, of JNK. Uh, I don't know if you know, man, but my, my 15 year old owns our restaurant. I'm just the creator of the menu. Oh, I like that a lot. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're actually the third boss. It makes a lot of sense, yeah. right? We talk about that in my family. There's, there's the little boss, there's right. the big boss, me, and then there's the real boss, my wife, right? right? right and right. so respect, I absolutely understand that. Well, I, I appreciate that. So family legacy, this right. is something we talk about on, on the show all the time. I'm fifth generation. We've had restaurants for 121 years, like oh, wow. nonstop. We're crazy. We're in it. Ching is really, really focused on her family's legacy and being Chinese immigrants and what that meant for their journey and how they're kind of, she's presenting their culture through the food truck. So I'm, I'm fascinated in that. Give us a little background, kind of tell us a little bit about the trajectory of, uh, of JK and style, J and K style grill and kind of where you guys are at today. Uh, so J and K style grill, man, uh, the creation of majority of all our product was created back in 96. Uh, which I started with the waffle burger uh, back in 1996. At the time, it was the actual pancake burger. Uh, <laughs> but then, um, six years ago, I was working uh, in the uh, I was working for Panda Express, and I heard Mr. Steve Harvey do a jump speech where he says, uh, "Sometimes you just got to jump and know that your parachute ain't gonna open as soon as you jump off that cliff, but just know that before you hit the ground, the parachute's gonna jump. Wow. I mean, the parachute's gonna open." So I called my wife and I said, "You know what?" Uh, I think it's time for me to quit my job and let's just start the journey. And uh, just so happened, the guy with my district manager uh, called me up and said, Kevin, I've been waiting on you to tell me you're leaving anyway. So it was already planned and, and we just opened up, man. And we So we opened the restaurant first. The food truck came a year later. Okay. Got, oh, so you went, you went, see, because a lot of times you hear the other way. It's the food truck and then that kind of gives you a little bit like lower cost of entry, a little right. bit of proof of concept, and you go in the brick and mortar. So then you have the brick and mortar. Why then do you go to the food truck? Uh, man, we started our brick and mortar, brother, with $1,500. I didn't have to pay no more than oh, that. Wow. So, so the food truck was a plus. Uh, the food truck was already in the plan prior to, I just ran into a great deal with a brick and mortar. Understood. I put the truck, food truck on the back banner. That, I mean, to open up with just $1,500, nobody does that. So it, it was just destined. Now, I don't think that's advice you'd give somebody else now is to have $1,500 in the bank and get in it. But that's that's the entrepreneurial life. You just go, you jump, and yep. the parachute usually opens. Sometimes you hit the ground, and then you get back up, and you go right back up again. I, you know, right. We're gluttons for punishment as entrepreneurs right. and in this industry uh, specifically, for sure. So, okay, I love that. Uh, so now you've gone through it. You've gone through the fire. You know the place that Ching is at right now, doing the right. menu tastings, getting to that point. What are the things that you wish you could have told yourself when you're going to day one, getting ready to, to you know, to put that proverbial first dollar 
to staple it to the wall type scenario. What are the, some of the top of the mind things that you want to make sure that other entrepreneurs know? Uh, know your menu, because uh, when I initially did it, uh, style grill was I want to do my own thing. I want to have my own style. But with a food truck, uh, food truck, you got to have a stationary menu. Uh, that, that would be one thing I would say. Have your menu in place and have the procedures that you want uh, for your food truck. Like when we first started, luckily I had restaurant experience. I got over 30 years in it. Uh, I had my inventory. I had an inventory list put together. I had a checklist put together. Um, probably two weeks prior to me getting on the truck, I, I mean, starting the truck and working it, I actually got on the truck, uh, looked at all of my equipment, looked at where my process, how I was going to process everything, and, and then worked it out that way. So when the time came, it wasn't a spur of the moment or I'm doing things to hustle and bustle. I already had the game plan in place. Uh, me and my wife are uh, military. I'm 25 years Army. My wife, 22 years Air Force. Thank you. So we're very militant and we're very task-oriented. So when we got on the truck, everything had to be in order so it ran smoothly. And that would be the advice I would have. Give yourself time to look at your equipment, look at the process, the flow you want everything to go in, and imagine the chaos of a restaurant <laughs> on a food truck. Tight, tight quarters. You got to be able to – we all know quarters. that kitchen dance, right? Yep, and uh, I see your wife giving the, oh, yeah, Kevin, Kelvin's a big dude. Like, you got to make sure that there's that nimble dance. I, I, I feel that 100%. So I think one of the things, Ching, that I think is really fascinating about this, that is a little bit of that difference, and this is what Kelvin is speaking on, is you got to have laser focus on the concept and on the execution of it because there's, there's less margin for error in that interaction. Right the time expectation you don't have a button seats for 45 minutes an hour an hour and a half where you can wine and dine them and it gives you a little bit more like logistical runway people are standing there waiting they're twiddling their thumbs they have a high expectation and time is of the essence you've already mentioned that ching where like, you, you said like wait a minute i think i'm gonna have to scale back maybe focus a little bit think about the time of execution think about how i can do these four dishes simultaneously so ching for you when you're thinking about that Kind of where does your head go? And then I'd love you to jump in and and ask the the couple here a question or two that's that's really weighing on you in this moment. You bet. I mean, I think even from the last episode with Kim Lai, like I went back in and really like fine tuned the menu quite a bit based off of the feedback from talking to you guys and then trying to figure out how I can do these dishes on the truck. You know, adding in a rice cooker to make life easier because trying to you know making rice in a pot, I can do that. It's just labor intensive at that point in time and trying to make sure that my timing's on. Buy, buy a $300, you know, uh, rice cooker, throw it in the corner of the truck, I'm good to go. And that's kind of hanging out there, um, you know, but just trying to figure out in a perfect world, you know, I know I want my ticket times to be six to eight minutes long because I know the window of waiting, like when you're standing out there waiting for your food, it feels like an eternity, even if it's only been five it really minutes. It does. It really does. Yeah, and it stacks up really fast. So I think, um, you know, starting out, you know, do you have a recommended number of, entrees versus sides and that type of thing too to kind of focus in on to start that menu up because i think that's kind of where i'm struggling is i don't want it to be such a side heavy menu um but also having good meal op options yeah okay, Kelvin, any insights there yeah my, my suggestion uh and i learned this from several other food trucks i'm in a food truck association here and my initial menu was 10 items i had a 10 item menu but i'm a burger wing guy but my stuff is a little bit more 
unique, so it's time consuming. Mm-hmm. But the wisdom was, uh, and, and I hate to use this word, but I'm going to use it: dumbing your menu down sure. and let people focus on what your now. If uh, I, I understand you to have a restaurant too, as well, right? So if they want your main item, they can go to the restaurant. But if you want something that you can get them in and out on in a timely manner, three to four items, and let that be it. And maybe do one or two side items and a dessert. Because if you want to keep that seven to eight minute window, you can't have eight or nine items uh, on your menu. You got to bring it to at least three to four items. I have four items, sometimes five on mine. Okay. Uh, but it's because I am, I'm a cook to order truck. Um, so it takes a little bit more time, but I still can get orders out between eight minutes uh, because it gives them only burgers and wings, right? But I had to dumb it down, so I don't want you standing at my window at, looking over my menu. I want you to pick what you want to get so we can get it going as well. And also another system that I use is a park-up system. Um, when when I know I'm going to go to a festival or a major event, I got to have 40 of this cook, 40 of that cook, and understand my time. I know I can't let this stuff sit no longer than 25 minutes at the most, right? So mm-hmm. I cook enough that if I get 25 people come up, I can push them out real fast and then re- and then uh, regroup. Oh, Kelvin, a couple good things, Ching. I want to make sure that, that you take away from that because I think it's important. Not just the time of picking up tickets, the time that it takes people to order is a mm-hmm. big consideration as well. So if people are having to like waste so many brain cells trying to like understand what the hell they're looking at we already know that there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve because you're introducing people to you know chinese recipes from from your family history and so i think already there's a little bit of of needing to educate and you need to educate and have them navigate a large menu that's a vulnerability even before the ticket ever comes in so that's one thing definitely want you focus on the other thing that i hear kelvin saying is batch cooking Right. Like if you know that you're one, two and three selling items, you're going to sell 15 to 18 of them. Each time you pick them up, it's it's easier to it's the same as cooking three of that dish, five of that dish as it is to do one. You just take them to the point where then you're not finishing them. You now have to be very aware. And Kelvin mentioned that, that you have to have a really clear. And this is why those systems they have, they're militant, as he said, on those systems is because if you have a viability of 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 25 minutes for that item, and it goes longer, then you end up putting out bad products. So you gotta make sure you don't get caught over sandbagging where you basically just built yourself a wall that leads to you not being able to, to kind of get over that and, and the cost of food waste. So food waste cost is way less than sending out bad food costs. You will never recoup that. So. So I, I really appreciate that. This is great. Ching, uh, give us another question. You guys are, this is a good vibe. I like this a lot. Ching, what else you got? Oh, when you first got started with your food truck, did you have kind of set locations or breweries and stuff that you went to? Or how did you kind of get started in figuring out where to go with your truck? Yeah. So, so again, I, I, the key thing to us was joining the Food Truck Association. Because what the Food Truck Association had in place mm-hmm. were uh, jobs uh, like businesses that they already go to. And so what we did was we just piggybacked off of them. And because of the product that we put out, the customer service that we put out, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, then we end up getting other calls back for yeah. going to this brewery, going here. But the, the association for us set us up for success. Okay. Uh, they had already had the jobs in place. I didn't know, we, we kind of was new to the area uh, in Virginia Beach, 
Uh, so we didn't have a plug on what to do, how to do. The association set us up again for success. We only paid a hundred dollars for the entire year, and oh, they gave nice. you all of. I'm gonna send you. But the other thing is, they can send you to the jobs where you might make a hundred dollars because you got to prove yourself. And then three or four months later, you're getting the two thousand dollar, three thousand dollar jobs. But because of the patience that we had to know that. We're going to get the hundred dollar job. We're going to get the two hundred dollar job. But in the long run, like now, we make almost two hundred thousand, two hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year on our food truck. That's amazing. Like the restaurant. Yeah. Jane, you like the sound of that? I do like the sound. I would of that. like. I would like the sound <laughs> of that as well. There's a couple things, Kelvin, that I really appreciate about what you said. Is is finding the resources in the community that's going to help you get the foot in the door is so so important. And you're still going to have to do hand-to-hand -hand combat to make sure that you earn that business for that one transaction, that one customer, and everybody else. Because you know people talk, and that's what you want. You want them going, you need to get those wings. You need to get that dish. You need those lotus chips. Like That's going to be super important for you is to kind of navigate both of those things thoughtfully. So Ching, uh, Kelvin, Ching has a great, great network of people. So I feel really, really good about that. And you're going to have to know that in each interaction, even if you make $100, it needs to feel like a win for you. And that's hard. When you're grinding and you're barely making ends meet, that's super hard. You have to stay diligent. You mentioned breweries, Ching. This is a big vulnerability. There's a little bit of animosity in the craft beer and food truck scene because sometimes food trucks will come and then it's not busy and then they like take off. And I understand, like, you're just like, why aren't people coming? Like, you guys told me you were busy on Thursdays and you're not. Completely understand that that's an issue. Yet what you're doing is setting a foundation for the $2,000 day, for the $3,000 day. And so you have to put yourself in a position to struggle through those. It's the only way you're going to have that proof behind your brand. So I really appreciate that. Kelvin, I want to jump in with that. Like, I know you struggle with those $100 days. How do you stay the course when you're like, I don't see how we're going to make the money if this is the reality of what we're in this business? The first, the first thing I, I think I said to you guys, when we had a game plan in place from day one yeah. and knowing and knowing that I have to prove myself. That's in anything that's in anything that we do in life. That's always going to be a proven process. So because I understood that and I was wise enough to say, OK, we're going to go to this job. I already know I'm only going to make $100, maybe $200. I'm not going to send employees out there. I'm not going to do it by myself. Or I might send my, me and my wife to go out or me and my daughter to go out. I don't have to pay no, I don't have to pay any late. I just have to sit there and, and deal with the monotony of not making any money, but I'm not spending out any money as well. Yeah. And I'm not bringing out a whole lot of money. Um, so, you know, and then my wife said, it's 55 years or so that I don't have any, I'm not losing anything. I can hear you. The sound was a little wonky. I, I want to recap, Kelvin, what you just said. So they had that game plan that I think was really important, really sticking to that plan and making sure that you controlled the cost that you could control and were very aware of that. You also spent as much time as possible investing in the success, whatever that meant for you. You made sure that you kind of stayed diligent. This is an interesting thing, Ching, when it comes to the plan. I talk about this a lot. I see too often in our industry two types of, of, of planners. There are the 
and I say planners loosely, there are the bean counters that make a plan and cannot see the forest through the trees. Like they just are so stuck on a plan. And it doesn't sound like that's what Kelvin's talking about. There's also the gunslingers. They're just like, I'm just gonna get there and shoot and shoot and shoot until something's dead and then figure out the rest later. And both of those are vulnerabilities. What I think I like is like the football coach where it's like, you have a plan. You understand your strengths, your weaknesses, your opponent, so to speak, but your guests' strengths and weaknesses, and you play to those and you adjust in game based on the need, yet you stay focused on the overall game plan. You just might need to figure out how you kind of navigate the day in and day out because every single day is going to be different in this business. Every single day is going to be a challenge and a struggle for sure. So I appreciate that. Uh, Ching, let's let's get one more one more out here before we let uh, uh, Kelvin back to work making some more wings for the day. Uh, for Working for his, uh, his son and his wife, which is a good place for Kelvin to be. I love it. Uh, what's something else that's top of mind for you that uh, we could uh, learn from Kelvin? When did you opt to hire for your food truck as far as somebody other than yourself or your wife working on the truck um, and getting additional help? And was it like yeah. somebody from the restaurant that you cross-trained or did you bring in somebody separate just to focus on the food truck? Uh, I brought in every, every, uh, everybody that's ever worked in my food truck has worked in a restaurant first because I want them to be used to me, the militant me and what <laughs> I want, right? Because they got to, and just like I said a second ago, I'm going to win. I never lose. I might learn, but I never lose. And and the reason right. being is I, I bring in people that's going to capture my heart. So when I put them on the food truck and I'm not around, I know that they're going to do the things, do it the way I want to do it. No exception. No, uh, no exception. We got you. Uh, that's what has been uh, and key for me and my wife. Now I have a team that worked in the restaurant first. I can send them anywhere. And everybody always come back. Man, I felt like you was on the truck, man. Your team is wonderful. They're very professional. The food came out such and such. Because I put the time in, and, and me, and my, me and my wife learned how to trust them as trust them as well as they trust our process. So I, I did the restaurant and then put them on the truck. Because I wasn't going to just kick them out there and, and not them not know my personality or me and my wife being there. Yes. Kelvin, Jing, this goes back to something we've talked about. You have to instill your backstory. You have to instill your why. Why you get out of bed in the morning to do what yep. you do is so, so important to, to yourself, to your team, to your customers. Everybody needs to understand that why. So this is, Kelvin, you're gonna like this. We, right, she's doing some fusion stuff. She's kind of taking some of, of the Chinese heritage and putting it into mediums that maybe are more contemporary, things like that, right? And one of the things that I said is like, fusion can lead to confusion, right? Mm -hmm. And so we wanna really say like, how do we thoughtfully navigate that where they're still true to who we are yet there's something interesting, playful, new, creative, right? And so we're trying to balance that. So one of the things that I said is, you have such a deep rooted connection to these because of the family cookout, because of mom cooking that dish for you. So now what Ching has to do every time she hires somebody new is fly mom out to cook for them the original dish that inspired all other dishes right. because there is that connection to the heart. The heart, the head and the hands have to work together in this industry for it to have any shot at success. And so that's what we're talking about. And that's what I hear from you, Kelvin, is like, they got to understand the strengths and weaknesses of who we are 
because what? that's what they're going to communicate. That's the what they're going to put into the food. So uh, I appreciate that. Kelvin, any last thoughts before we let you go? This is amazing. Thank you. Uh, well, my, my, my main advice is, is just don't lose focus. Have the game plan in place. Yes. Don't don't differentiate away from your game plan uh, and, and learn from these lessons. Don't call them losses because you're going to run into some roadblocks. You're going to run into some things. Take a step back. Breathe. Write down. I've got a notepad. Every time I every time there's a lesson learned, I need to write it down, so that I don't. So if I have to revisit or I see it again, okay, I've already went through this. Let me, let me go through my notes and see how I handled it this time. Because yes. you got to know that you're not going to always be the one on the truck. And when something happens, they have to be able to maneuver uh, as quickly as you would. Uh, so have a game plan in place. Stay focused and and, uh, and don't give up. It's I amazing money it. out there on that food truck. Yeah, I want to hear that $220,000, Ching. I want, to, I want to get you there. I like that number a lot. Kelvin, thank you so much to you, your whole family. I, I know they're, uh, they're behind you literally and uh, figuratively. So thank you so much for being on. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you, All right, Kelvin, you have a great day. We'll let you go. Cheers. All right, brother. Awesome. Awesome. I love the energy. You know, uh, that's what you need. Like, don't give up. That's, uh, that's, that's easier said than done. This is a hard, hard industry, you know, like you've been in the game for a while and now you're jumping with no parachute. That, what an apt description. That is what it feels yeah. like. So uh, good advice. That felt really good. A lot of good mm -hmm. practical takeaways as, as well as some good feels during that one. Did that uh, some good stuff you feel like you can uh, implement? You bet. And it gives me, you know, it, it's one of those looking at different food trucks. Like some of them have five items, some of them have 15 items. Just trying to navigate what's yeah. going to feel right for us um, yes. on the truck in the different menu items and giving a good variety, um, you know, because at the menu tasting, I was like looking at the menu, I'm like, well, three of the items have pork in them. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, Chinese. Every dish has Chinese, pork in it. You know, right? like, pork is such a uh, popular and inexpensive protein as well. It's, right. um, you know, when they were cooking back in the day, that that was kind of the, the dominant um, protein source. So just kind of talking with mom and, and, and looking at some different recipes and, and um, what else I might want to, do some testing while we're snowed in and and whatnot so that's probably what this weekend's gonna bring <laughs> you know what my favorite seafood dishes in chinese cuisine have pork in them also <laughs> like even the seafood dishes do so i i think yeah i think there's something there when he's talking about staying connected to kind of who he is what j and k is all about what the family is all about is once again going to be that's what people are presenting to the world. That's what people are presenting to your customers. Remember that people buy why you do what you do, not just what you do. And so the food is just the proof that you are who you say you are. And so I think that's gonna again and again be the most important thing. Other big takeaway for me, the, the timing on the front end, we in the kitchen think about the timing of the pickups on the ticket times. And I, I feel really good about you being able to execute a six to eight minute ticket time. The concern that I have now thinking about the difference, you mentioned five minutes is like a lifetime standing over in the corner waiting for your food awkwardly. Did they call my name? Have they called your name? Did, did they call this number yet? Like th there's a little bit more anxiety in the waiting for food and ordering process than a restaurant. So really thinking about seamlessly navigating the ordering process is, is going to be a challenge, I think for every food truck. And I think for you to think about that, put yourself on the front end of the order 
because I know you're going to lock in a plan for the back end of the order. So maybe a little time spent on the front end could be super valuable for you. Not just do you have the right number of menu items that you can execute in the kitchen? Do you have the right number of menu items composed in a way that is that is intuitive for people to navigate and get exactly what they need and what they want from you. So is that, does that feel like a, a good plan, kind of something to, to work on as you're yeah. weeks away? I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are weeks away, so super excited. This is really great. All right, Shane, great episode today. Uh, we're gonna get heavy into marketing the next couple of weeks, how we get it out there, how we need to be present for people. You mentioned the question of like how you started out. So I think we'll talk about that a little bit more. There's some good, Denver has some good resources as far as, you know, uh, roundups for food trucks, things like that. So we'll talk about those a little bit, sure, make sure you're kind of in all the right places with all the right people. So, all right, Ching, that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, you have a good one. You too. All right, everybody. That is it for today's episode, Besser Podcast 295. You know, how food truck businesses work was was an interesting question for me because I've recognized that I didn't quite understand all the nuance of it. And that's why such a big takeaway for me for today was thinking about the order process on the front end, because it is very different than a restaurant. I think if you navigate that thoughtfully, I think you have a big opportunity. I want to see Ching get to that $220,000, $225,000 a year in sales for Look Who's Cooking. That would be amazing. And I appreciate all of you for tuning in, all of the support that I know all of you will show to Ching, to Kelvin, to anybody who is willing to commit themselves to feeding their community. It matters. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.